Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Philip Parecki. Philip, how are you? I'm good, Brent. How are you? I'm very, very well. I, I've got a couple of things to talk to <laughs> Philip about today. Philip is involved in a whole bunch of really interesting companies, really touching on the finance, I'd say alternative investment space, rethinking finance, rethinking investment. And we're going to talk about that in, with the backdrop of some of the businesses that he's involved in, one is Jersey Finance. Jersey Finance is a company that basically focuses on promoting Jersey as a gateway to Europe for U.S. fund managers. And we'll talk about all of the things that are happening in not the New Jersey, but the old Jersey, <laughs> the Jersey uh, in England. And then we're also going to talk about a really interesting group, which is the Fable Group, Fable Homes, Fable Capital, and they're aiming to be a leading provider of home ownership solutions to overcome the barriers that first-time buyers face when transitioning from renter to buyer, which as anyone who's followed the news over the last couple of years has seen, become a really big issue, generational issue. And so we'll, we'll delve into that as well. But before we get there, Philip, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Sure, Brent. Thanks. Uh, well, I'll start off with Jersey. So uh, I'm, despite the accent, I'm from Jersey originally. Wow. Not the old one. I'd like to call it the original one. It's an entirely, <laughs> it's an entirely uh, interesting story on how the state of New Jersey got its name for a different day entirely. Um, but uh, I ended up in the States when I was still a kid. Uh, I spent time in the Marine Corps. I went to after university. I worked in consulting, investment banking, asset management in terms of running hedge fund, boutique M&A business. And uh, my career sort of took me through this sort of arc in finance to where I am now. I'm still a fairly active investor. That's how I got involved in Fable Homes. And uh, I've taken on the uh, business directorship lead in the Americas for Jersey Finance, sort of championing Jersey as a jurisdiction um, in, the U in the Americas. I mean, Jersey's really interesting. Let's maybe go there first before we go into the Fable stuff. I mean, I, I remember Jersey uh, when I lived in England as being a place where a lot of the early digital players actually got very involved in Jersey for really kind of data issues as well as for obviously tax benefits. So tell me a little bit more on uh, how people are using your solutions for Jersey finance. Well, I'll look at Jersey really from the U.S. context. So you are right. Jersey has been leading in a number of these areas. Um, but, but if I'm looking from the U.S. perspective, it's a proposition to U.S. investment managers writ large. So if you're uh, in hedge or private equity, just call it the alternative space generally. If you are raising capital in Europe, Jersey should be on the table as a vector for Europe for all mm. sorts of 
important reasons that don't really want to you know go into ad nauseum here on the the, the call or on the show but jersey really represents a a gateway to to european capital and it's found itself as an international financial center at the right place at the right time if you look at the evolution of offshore finance centers they've all served a purpose and they've sort of been built around a proposition Uh, that is relevant to its time. And Jersey's proposition is about being predictable and stable in the current environment, which is saying something because we're seeing extraordinary levels of volatility. And I mean that in terms of regulatory volatility and tax volatility and all of these things. So the value of a jurisdiction that is stable and predictable is quite remarkable. And that's where Jersey is at the moment. So, I mean, are you alluding to obviously things like Brexit and, you know, all the changes there or, I mean, even more, more recent as, as we look at kind of the increasing tax liabilities <laughs> across Europe, when you say they're in the right place at the right time, what's the, what is, is it because of those issues or others? Well, Jersey's always been a third country to Europe. So it, it's a, it's a crown dependency. So it's actually a separate country than the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. and it shares the same monarch. So mm-hmm. the 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 king is also the is the has another title called the Duke of Normandy, which is the head of state of Jersey. So it was never part of the European Union. So when Brexit happened, Jersey was independent of that uh, schism. And wow. its relationships with Europe are always member have been member to member state relationships. Those bilateral relationships remained in place. They were there prior to Brexit, and they remain in place post Brexit. Oh, great! I see what you're saying. So then, maybe leveraging off of those existing relationships allows maybe better connections. I suppose. Well, it means that you're not. You can still. Re- so the predictability is there. So right. I, you know, Britain's going through its process now the united kingdom is going through this process now of negotiating continually negotiating various points of financial service regulation uh, there's a laundry list of these uh points that are being negotiated many being sort of kicked down the can, you know the can kick down the road kind of idea whereas uh jersey doesn't you know these are these are already established so brexit hasn't had that impact on uh, Jersey plus Jersey's relationship with the United Kingdom; those have remained in place as well. That's really interesting. Well, I mean, I think that we're living in, um, I'd say, fluid moments, flu- fluid times, and so I think that predictability is really the critical distinguishing factor here. You know, whenever I I pick up a pick up a new news story. It's about Europe. It's some big, big change. And so the fact that I hear the Jersey's kind of continuing with its path, that's very helpful. But, you know, with your other business, Fable Homes and Fable Capital, this other business that you're involved with, this is about a real big change we're seeing, right? And and this is something you got a bigger topic that you guys are handling. Tell me a little bit about how you got involved with this topic and really where you see the impact being. Uh, Well, how I got involved, I mentioned I'm still an active investor. This was a proposition that came across my desk, if you want to call it that, you know, as as you see a lot of uh, opportunities 
and it resonated with me. So, uh, you know, I, I do, you know, I, I have a sort of uh, um, uh, a personal connection to an issue of housing, to put it, you know, lightly. You know, when I yeah. said I mentioned I ended up in the States as, I, as a kid, this was after a year of being on the run with my father and my sister in tow because he had kidnapped us and we were homeless for a while. I, I, I know the, the value of stability in a place to live mm -hmm. and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't leave you that sense of um, needing a place to, to call home that, that sense of intellectual and emotional stability that a, that a, ha that a, that a home gives you. And I, so I just couldn't stop delving into the idea. And then I realized that actually what Fable was trying to do, what Fable was trying to solve was a multi-generational problem. Because if you'd looked at the delta between what the pathway to home ownership pre in previous generations and where we are today, it's widened. Now, mm -hmm. each market is different. So I can speak about the UK market in particular and the problem mm -hmm. we're trying to solve, which really is a problem of having enough deposit in British terms or in American terms, a down payment on a home. Right. Saving for that down payment now is taking longer and longer and longer. And you're renting during that period of time, which means you're not growing your own asset base, right? So- mm -hmm. This is a this solution that Fable brought to the table and, and we're in the process of rolling out now is actually solving for first time home buyers this deposit issue. We get right. you into the home faster and therefore it's your home. You're appreciate you're you're participating in the home's appreciation over time. And I, I'll leave one point on this that that's really, you know, kind of a it's a, a very important social point to to highlight, which is that this is typically the most important asset that people have in their lives. And yes, it's true. If you are, if you're coming from a very wealthy position, perhaps home ownership is optionality for you, or it's uh, one of many, and it doesn't seem as important. But for the vast majority of people, that asset is the most important asset, particularly as they get older, because it's the asset they can draw from for all sorts of reasons. You know, there's a the, there's a, a a phrase I think it's called "Bank of Mom and Dad" or "Mom and mm. Dad Bomad." It, and if you can see what people take from equity in their homes in order to either pay for their children's education, pay for down deposits in their children's homes, et cetera. That's coming out of this most important asset. And it mm -hmm. tells you why that asset is so important generationally. And now you have a generation of younger people that aren't even on the property ladder. And I, to you, I think it was Ian Y that, that coined the phrase generation rent, that this is like a, this is a, you know, this is to me, this is a ticking time bomb for a society as we go down the, the road. And it's almost like we're, we're sort of sleepwalking into another Victorian age of where right. you're going to have huge classes of people that don't have any assets to their name to draw on when they get older. Now, it's, it's really interesting. And I look at uh, the challenges, certainly 
we, we see Generation Y face these major, major societal shifts and really focus staying renters much, much longer. So anything that can support them to move to being an owner, as, as you alluded to before, you know, home ownership is such a foundational move, you know, in terms of building up kind of that next stage of really joining the middle class, I suppose, you know, or any class, right? And so it seems like anything that can support that area is really critical. You know, Philip, you're, you're working on a lot of interesting areas of finance, you know, Jersey finance, Fable Homes. I mean, we've been living through this crazy moment over the last couple of years with a pandemic. Tell me a little bit of how these businesses that you're involved with were impacted by that moment and, and what kind of opportunities are you seeing perhaps now to grow those businesses come as we come out of it? Oh, that's a big question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'll echo probably what a lot of people would say or have said, which is I think the pandemic brought forward, accelerated all sorts of changes. Mm-hmm. And and that's important. And it's it's a sounds like a throwaway comment but it isn't. It, while bringing it forward, it wasn't just linear, like we've just moved this forward. It's concentrated things and it's accelerated things. So there's an exponential component to that, which is really important. So um, on the Jersey finance side, so I'll go at sort of Jersey finance, then, then Fable, there is a relationship here. On the Jersey finance side, it's created an environment where regulators have become more politicized and less technocratic. I mean, mm. these are still technical things, but allow it to allow me to describe it this way. You were, I think we would have previously been in an environment where we were slowly transitioning from technocratic regulation mm-hmm. towards more politicized regulation. Mm-hmm. But that technocratic regulation that we were sort of moving away from that the swing because of the pandemic and the social consequences because of those things have almost put technocratic regulation aside and it's really politicized. And what I mean by that Mm. is no longer is regulation about capital efficiency Mm -hmm. with consumer protection. It's now about political activism Mm. and which speaks to the body politic. So I yeah. think that is really a massive shift because it's taken a, a pathway and brought it to the immediate. And that's why for, for Jersey, we've seen a, a significant rise in US util, utilization of Jersey. And, and the argument really is that you need a place that you can plan, right? You, you, you can't sort of structure international cross-border transactions where every few months the pieces have to move around. It's Mm. too difficult to do that. So in order to keep cross-border capital flows moving, you need a place that's stable, that's predictable. Mm. And Jersey offers that. So I think that has been a big boost to, to Jersey. That on the fable side, in the same experience, we've seen housing prices run away from that generation while wages- Run away from all of us, Philip. I mean, that's that's true. I live live in Miami. I can't buy a house. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's it's true. It's uh, I'm but speaking to the first time home buyer, uh, you know, the first time home buyer cohort, if you will, you know, what would have been an eight year really let's knuckle down and save for our deposit is now a 10 year or in some cases 13 year because wages have remained relatively flat while right. housing prices have moved way way out of reach so it's actually exacerbated the situation in um, first time home buyers and and now of course we're moving into another situation where we've got um you know we've got it, rates going up uh there there the the number of variables are continuing to put pressure on uh, the sector. And obviously, in an environment where rates are going up and prices are coming down, I, from a fable perspective, because we are uh, cash buyers of the home for the first time home buyer, uh, we have the pricing power and the ability to buy on their behalf. That makes a big difference in this marketplace. So yeah. um, again, also trying to solve other problems, again, for the same cohort of first-time home buyers. I don't know yeah, if that answers I, No, it does. It does. In fact, it's a spectacular answer. I would say that probably as we move into this new period with high inflation rates, et cetera, that adds a kind of another wrinkle to the whole story, right? Well, this is, uh, we're, we're, I don't want to say that we're in sort of uncharted territory, but we mm-hmm. are definitely moving into a, uh, well, we are in a wildly inflationary period. We're also in a decoupling, a, a slowdown. Everyone, there's an opinion whether this is the end of globalization or we, as we've known it, or a slowdown or a reimagining of it. Pick any one of those things whether it results in reshoring businesses back to um, places like the United Kingdom or in this you know, context of the United States, all of those processes are going to have impacts on wage rates, on labor. That's going to have an impact on uh, demand. It's, this is a really dynamic period of time that we're in. I'm fascinated by it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it changes whatsoever our mission at Fable. Yeah, still are we still believe, and our backers still believe as well, which is very encouraging, that we're a, the right product for the market, and we we haven't seen anything yet that suggests otherwise. In fact, yeah. you know, we go from strength to strength. Yeah. No, I, I love it. Well, I mean, Philip, we've been talking about a lot of issues. I think ultimately it all will boil down to a first-time homeowner in Jersey needs both. <laughs> and, and it'll all, all be a holistic solution. Although but, we're not in the Jersey market. Exactly. Oh, really? <laughs> no, we're in, okay. we're, we're in the United Kingdom only <laughs> at the moment. That's hilarious. Well, Philip, thanks so much for outlining these things. And we've been going through a, a ton of big issues, macro and micro here. What I love is to know where someone can reach you and, and the teams at Jersey Finance and Fable Homes to learn more. Of course. Uh, I'm hoping you're going to put up a link somewhere here. Yeah, or, do one of those, do those, one yeah, of those. <laughs> please. Yeah. I Look, reach out to me if either of these things are of interest to you. I'm more than happy to 
to talk about them at length. And please, if, if you can widely distribute my contact details, I'd, I'd love to connect with people. Excellent. Well, Philip, thank you so much for being on Uncaged Day. We've been speaking with Philip Parecki. He's the Chief Operating Officer of Fable Homes. He's also lead at J Jersey Finance. Fable Homes is a really interesting company that's trying to be and aiming to be the leading provider of home ownership solutions to overcome the barriers that first-time buyers face when transitioning from renter to buyer. And Jersey Finance is promoting Jersey as the gateway to Europe for US fund managers. Um, both areas, very, very important. Both areas really kind of taking an alternative and innovative look at, at how we can finance and manage risk. Philip, thank you so much for being on Uncage today and we look forward to having you back. Brent, thank you very much.